time for unbiased, untraditional, and unfiltered Carolina Panthers urban news and commentary. Yeah, it's your boy Hood Wink in the place to be, you feel me? You're now locked into the concrete jungle. This is the Urban Panther Podcast. All right, now today's three and a baby. We're going to talk about Cam Newton to throw at minicamp, what that means for the team. You know what I'm saying, how that's going to come along. We're also going to talk about the Panthers secondary, how some people say that the secondary is actually one of the strengths of the team. Uh, and then also we're going to talk about the Panthers locker room and how that's going to be the ultimate edge for the season. You dig? And also we're going to talk about OTA observations for the final week. Uh, Curtis Samuel prime for a breakout season. Uh, the defensive players, how they all got to be Swiss Army knives. And then also shoring up mental snares. Uh, we're going to talk about the media predictions that I have for the upcoming season. Uh, we're also going to have uh, a prediction about the upcoming training camp and then uh, the prediction for the season as a whole. All right. Then we're going to get over to our Panther in the room question of the day. Give out our motherfucking small cat award. And then shit, we're going to close that thing down and go ahead and exit the concrete jungle. So stay tuned. Keep it locked. You know what it is. Urban. Urban. Panther. 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 Podcast. Podcast. All right, now you tune in to the Urban Panther Podcast 3 and a baby. All right, now, so Cam Newton, man, to throw at minicamp. What does this mean for the team? It means a big fucking deal, you feel me? That means my dog is right on time. You don't got to worry about homie not being able to motherfucking throw when the season gets around. He's already throwing in front of the cameras, you feel me? In front of the team. He's already throwing. Uh, you know, off to the side. So uh, when he goes into motherfucking mini camp, it's going to be the same thing when he goes into training camp. But I do want to put the brakes on some of y'all motherfuckers because, look, don't expect Cam to come out shooting, hitting all the targets way down the field and hitting the deep outs and shit like that. Like, allow him to come back, even though his body will be able to do it, he's not going to be coming out doing it you get what i'm saying the way that the the system is set up for him the way that the training staff has their system set up for him is going to be a gradual approach to coming onto the field so you don't have to have your hopes up for seeing homie coming out shooting all the motherfucking targets way down the field he's going to gradually be out there he's not even going to be with the team he's going to be off to the side he'll be doing individual assignments and, and and maybe throwing to one receiver way out or a target that's way out but don't expect them to come in and just be able to strap it up and go straight into it because that's not what you're going to see all right so then also the panthers secondary how some people say the panthers secondary is going to be one of our biggest assets coming into the season. If you look at it, the two defensive backs that we have on the outside have experience, uh, especially uh, one that is coming up in a contract season, actually, I and mean, has been doing his thing for quite a long time now. Uh, and James Bradbury, you know, he's going to be doing due for, you know, he's going to be due for that check pretty soon, uh, but he's earned it. You know what I mean? He's not like a loud presence, but, you know, when you go and look at his stats 
over the years, he definitely, you know, has shown that he is consistent or he's he's a consistent threat when it comes to the DB position. And then also on the other side, there's a very, 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 very big swell of attention and, and love of ability of the new acquisition, Dante Jackson, that we got last year out of the draft. LSU, baby, you feel me? He came from DBU. He has all of the traits. He came in and didn't even play like a motherfucking rookie. So, you know, this year he's going to have a little bit more damn confidence under his belt. Yet, I know that Ron Rivera is already on him and being hard because he he doesn't want that confidence to move into arrogance and then move into sloppiness on the field. So I can already see Ron Rivera putting the clamps on him because he even said, hey, man, you, you ain't even a motherfucking veteran until after your fourth damn game in the season anyway. You know what I mean? So he's already like chopping it down, cutting it off at the motherfucking head. Rivera know what he's doing, you feel me? And also in terms of Eric Reed on the back end, having that veteran and then also a menacing presence that will motherfucking knock the snot out your motherfucking ass back there. You feel me? Like he is one of them guys. He's one of the elite and I'm glad that we have him for the, at least the next three years back there on the back end. That secondary is going to be great, man. I mean, I, I really feel like they're going to be fine. They're going to be able to hold down the receivers that they need. Uh, but then with the homie Javion from the Buccaneers that we picked up uh, just recently. And then also people like Seymour and also people like Ross Cockrell, uh, who many people haven't even seen that product on the field. But these are people that have been proven DBs in this league. And I really feel like we, we have the depth at DB. And with the menacing front end that we're going to have now, the front seven, fuck the front seven, the front three, the front four, bro, we're going to be killing shit. So the back end really doesn't need to be as bolstered up, as I said in episode two. I'm pretty excited about this Panthers secondary. I don't think that they're going to be lacking uh, this year. I actually think they're going to come up to be pretty much of a strength with the fact that these are going to be rangy DBs, um, hard-hitting safeties, and ones that are alert. And I think they're going to be picking up a lot of interceptions this year, honestly. And so it's going to prove to be one of our really good strengths the people that we have in the defensive back rooms and the safety rooms and shit like that. So, you know, stay tuned for that right there, though. Stay tuned for that right there, though. You feel me? All right, so check this out. Panthers locker room and how that's going to be the ultimate edge for the season. Now, we already have a good core in our locker room, how our offense and our defense, they mesh together. You know, you go to a lot of organizations, the, the offenses and the defenses rarely even get along or talk to each other at that. So, you know, we definitely have a good core of people in our locker rooms. It's a family environment. People are, are allowed to be themselves and there's value of acceptance in that locker room and playing together. So uh, with the new acquisitions of a few different characters, that I've seen come into our room, you know, in terms of the Gerald McCoy signing, uh, being able to have that kind of personality on the, on the line and on the team is going to be a benefit for us down the road. And then also motherfuckers that really bring a tough minded attitude like a Bruce Irvin to that defensive linebacker room. TD is a beast on his own. Luke Keekley is a beast on his own. Shaq Thompson is a beast on his own. And Bruce is a beast on his own. But just his, his spice that he's going to bring to the unit as a whole is going to really be 
beneficial for us, man, because I know he's going to bring that dog motherfucking mentality. And I love it. You feel me? I'm also curious to see uh, how he steps into the role of him being from the A, Cam being from the A, them both being outspoken with the way that they do shit. I want to see how they're going to, uh, you know, turn out there at the motherfucking training camp. So when the, when the role gets long, I feel like with the new acquisitions that we have and the leadership roles and the veterans that we've brought into the organization, our locker room is going to be one of the weapons that we're going to use to be able to get over some of these humps. Watch and see now. Watch and see. We are ready to come back, kids. We the cardiac cats. But we got more motherfuckers that's going to come in and permeate. You feel me? That's the motherfucking word of the day. Permeate all of that energy. All right, so stay tuned. Keep it locked. That was your three and three a bait, bait. Now for the observations for the final week of OTAs, man. All right, so first of all, I'm going to just go ahead and write them off real quick, and then I'm going to go talk about them, you feel me? All right, so again, Curtis Samuel, prime for breakout season. Defensive players, Swiss Army Knives, you feel me? And then also shoring up mental snares. All right, so boom, Curtis Samuel, cuz, hey. Sleep on that nigga if you want to. That little swift-footed motherfucker, that boy can slide down that field. I mean, he glides down that field. I appreciate having this nigga on our team. Uh, I feel like he's primed for a breakout season. You can already see the focus in him. You can already see, you know, I already follow him and shit. I've seen him working out throughout the summer. Came out of Miami, had some good times and shit. So, you know, I really watched his maturation from where he came into the league, wasn't able to catch on really at first because he had a few health uh, miscues, and then he was able to catch on a little late last season, and then moving into this offseason, he's been working hard, staying focused, and now it's starting to translate as you see him. This nigga's diving for motherfucking seven-on-seven damn plays and shit, uh, but just that focus, you feel me? I don't even think he's doing it to, like, wow anybody. He's just catching the ball like he's taking advantage of the reps and he's primed for this breakout seasons like i really feel like it's his time and you know he has the intangibles to do it like i and the fucking tangible so he's got the speed he's got the fucking agility he's got the burst you know he's got everything he's got the power too the little nigga looks swole the boy's doing them down flex fridays and shit i said damn what the fuck that's got that oh shit this nigga looking like a little jay stew in this bitch okay Nah, not Jay Stewart. Y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm bullshit. But, yo, you know, I really feel like he's he's primed for this breakout season, man. And I'm ready, ready to see exactly what they're going to do. Defensive players. Uh, Swiss Army Knives, man. That's exactly what everybody on the defense has now become. The way that Ron Rivera likes to run his camp, the way he likes to run his show, man, he wants everybody to have position flexibility. You feel me? Cam better be able to motherfucking go and take some goddamn snaps at tight end if need be. If your motherfucking hand don't work, nigga, or your arm don't work, nigga, go on out there and get that tight end, nigga. Position flexibility. Everybody be able to go at it. But now nah, on some G shit, though. Defensive players. I've noticed, you know, everybody that he's brought in, like a Bruce Irvin, able to get a goal from the 3-4 to the 4-3, from linebacker to putting your, your hand down in the dirt and becoming a defensive end. Uh, you know, bringing in Gerald McCoy, who can play 
any defensive uh, slot on the motherfucking line as it is. Also bringing in other players who can go from corner to the to the slot and being able to work Galden in as well. Like I'm seeing it across the board uh, with all of the players that we have on defense. Everybody is a Swiss Army knife. So we really are going to be the a worst nightmare for a motherfucking offense because whatever matchup you bringing out, we're going to be able to get a better matchup on the field. It's about to get nasty, boy. Stay right. And then lastly, man, shoring up mental snares. So last season, man, we had a few games, quite a few games, actually, where we were well within one score, man, and we lost the game. That all comes from execution and then also mental snares, really. Mental snares to where you fucked up on a coverage or you, you didn't get the right enough depth on, on the fucking route and, and didn't get the first down. Or, you know, you, you, you called a certain uh, certain damn package or a certain damn zone and, you know, and, and, and there were so many indicators that you should have did something else. There's so many things that can happen in the course of a game uh, that can really become the outcome it's all chess on the on the field bro when you really look at it that's why i love this game of football i feel like we're showing up a lot of the mental snares this year because of how uh because of the style of how ron rivera has taken uh to uh the practice field you know he's taking them into the classroom a little longer uh, and not putting so much uh emphasis into the physical work everybody's an nfl player man we know your ass can run jump do everything that we know you could do we need you to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it and how you're going to do it whenever you become faced with X, Y, or Z. You get what I'm saying? Like, so there's be more emphasis in the classroom and it needs to be more uh, energy put towards understanding the, the terminology and the rhetoric and understanding uh, the concepts. Uh, so that's why uh, I've seen uh, Ron Rivera doing a lot more of that this year. And I feel like it's going to translate better into more wins and us probably winning games uh, in within one score or two because of that fact. You feel me? So stay locked for that shit, man. Snaring up damn mental errors. You feel me? Everybody on the defense, a goddamn Swiss Army knife, nigga. And then also, Curtis Samuel gonna be that nigga this year. You feel me? Watch everybody be walking around with these goddamn 10 jerseys. Stay locked, man. OTA observations. Stay tuned for predictions, man, in just a second. Yeah. All right, so now you're locked into the Urban Panther Podcast predictions. All right, so first and foremost, man, media prediction. I predict, and I quote, national media will compare the new scheme of playing and stats of Cam Newton to the old scheme and paint the national picture as yet another underachieving year and what i mean by painting one scheme against another scheme and then finding the nuances of what's fucked up is they're gonna look at okay now cam newton is yes he is very accurate but now he is throwing 
five to 12 to, you know, 14 yards down the field. He's no longer doing the 30-yard bombs and this is in the third. Or they're going to try to paint that as we come out and do a lot of what we did last year, which was actually working, is doing a lot of the horizontal passing methods and then, you know, get matriculating the ball down the field. You feel me? Um, I could see them painting that as something as though he's not doing his job or he's not as good or that his arm isn't back to where it needs to be. But he also going to show y'all motherfuckers something because they've said already that he has reached every physical milestone that he's needed to reach thus far. And he feels amazing. So that means that pinch that was there, that tightness that was there is no longer there. And that motherfucker gonna be able to sling that shit what he want. But I can see him uh, because of the fact that he's already have to been there mentally and going through a lot of those checks uh, without throwing the ball. Uh, he's going to be a lot more cerebral and doesn't need to be as physical and throw it down the ball. He's going to know, okay, there's open spots here and here usually. I can dump it off here all day long. And I have the personnel that can get it down the field. So I can see him really being more uh, precise with the ball, having more touch, but also not having to, you know, do all of the long throws and shit. Unless it's just wide the fuck open. You know what I'm saying? So I can see the media trying to paint him as not being able uh, to be as good as he once was or, or some use some kind of angle to put it down to why he's not a top 10 quarterback or why he's not as good as everyone else in the league. They always do every year, but we know why. Nah. But we already know how they're going to fucking do this nigga with this young black man in America. You feel me? We already know how they're going to do this young black man in America. So check this out, though. Uh, this will be the most competitive training camp yet. I predict that. That this. I know we've seen some good training camps. 2014 training camp. 2015 training camp. Pretty good down uh, competitive. Goddamn Josh Norman and motherfucking Cam Newton came to blows. You feel me? I remember that shit. Ain't going to be as competitive as this motherfucking training camp. It may be a few fights and grudges to iron out the team pecking order and that locker room structure as, you know, the whole team gels together. Because when you look at it, you know, as a, as a, as a former NCO in the, in the United States Army, I understand team development. And there's a team forming, storming, norming, and performing stage. You get what I'm saying? So you put a lot of people together from different places um, or they've had and they or they perform different tasks or whatever or different functions within the same task. Um, you know, there's that, that stage of them getting together and understanding who does what and who is what. Then they storm together to understand really who is what create that pecking order, whether that's mentally, physically or whatever. Uh, and then also then they get to normalize within those roles that they already know within the group, who everyone is, who's the strong one, who's the loud one, who's the fast one, who's the big one, who's the whatever. Uh, and then they perform, you know, at the best of the abilities of each person on the field, on the team. Uh, but um, I understand that with the new additions that we have to this team and the big personalities um, and uh, with the new mixed with the new blood that we have coming in here, I feel like this will be one of the most competitive training camps. And I don't I wouldn't be pissed off or I wouldn't be them, you know, so flabbergasted if maybe it won't get to, you know, the, 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 the national media. But I wouldn't be surprised if, 
you know, there was, you know, a few damn fights in there, you know, here and there. Because it, it could get ugly, you feel me? It could get very ugly before it gets beautiful. But it's going to get beautiful. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that. All right, so the 2019 team uh, and season will change Charlotte sports forever. I'm looking at just, you know, stepping back from a bird's eye view, man, and really looking at the climate of Charlotte as a whole uh, and, you know, the uprise in, in um, economic status, um, you know, how people are moving to the area um, and, and just, you know, the technology boom that's happening, uh, the sports boom that's starting to arise, especially with the, the Panthers. Um, you know, and then Tepper coming into the situation. And I'm really just looking at how everything's culminating as a whole. And I feel like this is a pivotal team, especially with the signing of GMAC, Gerald McCoy. You can count them out if you want to. I ain't counting a goddamn thing out. You feel me? I ain't counting at all, actually. Like, it's going to be a special year. And a special time and it's going to change Charlotte sports forever. Everybody's going to know Charlotte sports and not like, you know, in the mind space of America, they're not going to have Charlotte as like, Oh, that's the mediocre uh, market or that's a mediocre team or, Oh, I just like them because their colors are dope. Nah, nigga, you're going to fear, fear Charlotte sports. Believe that. Energy's changing, man. I can see it. Urban Panther Podcast. You heard it here first. Here first. Now for the motherfucking Panther in the room question of the day. And, you know, no bullshit. I say this with all motherfucking seriousness. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you dislike it or whatever. I'm going to say it because it's how I feel. You feel me? Um, Who would have thunk it, yo? Like, on some G shit, like, those of you that, that, that follow Carolina sports and follow the Carolina Panthers, namely, you know a lot of shit don't really happen in our market and a lot of big names don't come to our market and we don't really spend a lot of money within free agency. But Marty Herney, man, that motherfucker's had an award-winning offseason. Mark my words, bro, bro. I'm not a, I guess I am an optimist, but I'm also a realist. And the shit that he's done this year, I believe he's a possible candidate you know, for something like, you know, the Professional Football Writers of America, Executive of the Year Award, you know, whose last recipient was fucking the coach GM, uh, Chris Ballard. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I really feel like this year uh, with being able to retain the players that we already had within the culture and within the core uh, and extend them um, and then also go out and get acquisitions on the team like your Bruce Irvins, like your Gerald McCoys, like your motherfucking uh, Matt Paradises, like your, you know, your new acquisitions, like your JV and Elliot's of the world 
and, and, and all of the players that we've acquired, man, uh, and also through the draft, we're bringing in fucking Brian Burns and Greg Little and, you know, going and picking up fucking undrafted free agents and shit that are, that are fucking fire. Like, yo, Hearn did his thing, dog. So my question is, who would have thunk it? Yo, who seen that shit coming? That's the fucking question. That's the panther in the room that has to be addressed. Like, why y'all not praising this nigga with a hernia down road uh, just on being one of the ones to fucking break the cycle? And I guess maybe it just comes with Tepper coming into the fold and coming with a new mindset because they couldn't do so much with Richardson. He didn't give a fuck what you had going on, how good your ass was. He only wanted certain people and he wanted to control you when he got there. But I guess with Tepper coming in, we're able to take a new mindset to free agency and actually uh, take a, a win-now approach. And I'm seeing it. So I appreciate it. Uh, I, you definitely go down in one of Panthers history. You get an award for Panthers history. Uh, best goddamn off-seasons. Uh, claps, claps for that man. Hats off to that man. Shots for that man. You feel me? That's what it is. That's the Panther in the room question of the day. Who would have thunk it? Urban Panther Podcast. Podcast. Alright, so you already know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. Pull out your motherfucking 3D glasses. Let's get ready for the small, the small cat, cat, cat award. award. And this episode, Small Cat Award, goes to a person that is affiliated with the Carolina Panthers, but they no longer play for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and I kind of, you know, I'm not a petty person. Well, I am. But, you know, I'm not a person that just, you know, dwells on the past. But... You know, I came across this person when I was looking over some some pictures of mine and I was at a party and one of my cousins was wearing a number 13 Carolina Panthers jersey. Kelvin Benjamin. So then I think about that name and I kind of cringe a little bit and I understand why I'm cringing because when the motherfucker left, he had so much to say about us. So much to say about my quarterback. Like, oh, well, if I would have had a more accurate quarterback or a better quarterback, like, you know, I would have been better. I would have did better. My, my numbers would have been better. As he's on his way to Nathan Peterman, I had. But, you know, he goes on and, 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 you know, with his, you know, so I started thinking about, okay, so since he's left and since Ken was such a problem to him and his numbers and his production and his sheer desire to be a winner, how has he, you know, how has he been since he left the Carolina Panthers? And so I did a little bit of digging. And I came to see that, you know, in 2014, his numbers were, the number of games started, he started 15 of them. He had 145 targets, 73 receptions, and 1,008 yards his rookie season. Then 2016, he played 16 games. Uh, he started 13 of those and his production dipped a little, you know, by 30 some odd targets. Uh, but it also dipped in terms of receptions uh, to where he pulled in 118 targets uh, and only 63 uh, 
receptions, which is pretty good to me. But he only pulled, he only amassed 941 yards. You get what I'm saying? And seven touchdowns. So then in that 2017 season, you know, he gets traded over to the Buffalo Bills. And in that season, the two teams that he played for, he played 14 games. He started all 14, pulled in 78 targets and 48 receptions out of those 70 targets uh, for only 692 yards with a 14.4 yard per catch uh, rating, uh, which was better than his rookie year where he had the most yards, but he didn't have as many targets nor the receptions. So then it goes into 2018 where he goes from Buffalo also in the can into uh, Kansas City where he doesn't really get a chance to get off and he just kind of trickles out like you the small cat buddy because you know when I look at all of this information and then you look at the targets and then you probably think to yourself like oh well he doesn't have those targets because you know the quarterback wasn't able to throw him the ball or um, the office wasn't set up to get him to scheme to get him the ball. No, 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 no. Like my daughter says, no, 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 no. It ain't that, brother. It's the fact that he doesn't get open to why he's not getting the targets. So therefore, he can't get the receptions and then he can't get the uh, outcome or the yardage that he really wants to have because he can't get open. Like, so I did a little bit more digging to figure out, okay, why were his targets dropping year over year over year over year? And then you're moving from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback to quarterback. Like, Kansas City has a phenomenal quarterback that can put the ball on a dime anywhere he wants to on the field. So you can't complain about that arm, but you can complain about not being open. When I went to put up his his stat sheet file, his analytics file, you know, just looking at his it, overall, his average uh, cushion is a 3.8 yards. You know, is that's how many yards the DB stands from him. You get what I'm saying? So he's already coming in with four yards of cushion anyway, right? But when it goes to the breakage point and goes past that point to getting into the route, his average target separation rate is 0.82 yards that's less than one yard bro so with any explosive db you can cut in front of the ball cut in front of the player uh, make your move on that ball as it's in the air you know and he ranks 111th out of all of the eligible receivers that have enough snaps to even be deemed uh, enough to even analyze he ranks 111th of the, out of the receivers there's only 32 teams there's usually only three or four fucking receivers per team starting that would be eligible. You feel what I'm saying? 111th. And then drop rate, 9%. The motherfucker's number nine. So you're already not getting open. And then when you do get the ball, you got a high drop rate. Like you're not focusing, bro. So it's not even a sheer amount of who you're playing with. It's a fear. It's a, it's a sheer amount of the focus that you have and what you're putting into your craft if you learn more of your routes and learn how to separate you know make your body adapt to being able to move your hips in and out of those damn breaks and in the route to be able to create separation because that's what it's for you know but you the sheer want to and being there and seeing him on our team and coming in you know just having a lackluster attitude and coming in overweight and just all understanding all of that about him I know 
to a degree. I don't know everything. You get what I'm saying? But I know to a degree that it's the sheer want to of him. So you got to hold this small cat award, bro. You're not the big cat. Not pantherific. Puss ass small cat. Award goes to a number 28 draft pick out of Florida State, Kelvin Benjamin. And I liked him as a dude. I liked him as a homie. But then when he dissed my dog on the way out the door, that shit rubbed me the wrong way. But then for you to talk shit about that and then not even perform or like gear up to get some shit once you leave and you show your ass that way and show everybody it actually was you, you got to hold down this small cat award. Meow, bitch. So you've been kicking it with your boy for a while, getting ready to be that time to goddamn log off, you feel me? You're getting ready to exit the concrete jungle. Uh, but check this out, man. I really do appreciate the listen. I want you to go ahead and subscribe and also share this podcast with other, you know, urban motherfucking panthers that you know out there. Motherfuckers that will appreciate the content and the shit that we talk about. Like, we're going to get more in-depth. I'm just putting this out there to go ahead and get this filler out there to see what y'all want to hear, what y'all want to see. And we're going to continue to build this thing together. You feel me? It's the Urban Panther Podcast. There is no other podcast out there for uh, detailing a team like this. Uh, And again, this is not your typical podcast because I'm going to talk my shit how I want to talk it. But I'm going to give you that awesome awesome insight and also some good news, uh, factual news at that. Uh, so let me go ahead and, and, and big up my sponsors, man. Offer Solutions, Page Fabrications, Brothers Eye Cinema, and Live Squared Entertainment. Uh, we appreciate you. We thank you for being able to do this. This is the Urban Panther Podcast signing off for the third episode. This your boy, Hoodwink. <sighs> and for the moment we all been waiting on, hey, peep out my boy, King Loke, here with this new fire-ass track, man. Hey, get his credentials off of my page and holler at him. He's banging out of the Carolinas. Carolinas. Everybody get him tuned. Drop Dammy. Drop Dammy. See, I be in and out of situations. In and out of different situations. See, I be in and out of situations. Tell me why these niggas hate. Most of these bitches be fake. See, I be in and out of situations. Free all my niggas bidding, locked down in them cages. Cause lately I've been grinding, but I'm out of patience. If I don't make it, I'ma take it right back to the basics. Living late in these streets, I'm feeling like the greatest. I was too broke, but now I'm only thinking that I made it. Back in the day, they hated, even I done been betrayed. It. One in the head was 17, and it ain't got no safety. See, I be in and out of situations. Free all my niggas, bidding, locked down in them cages. Cause lately I've been grinding, but I'm out of patience. If I don't make it, I'ma take it right back to the basics. Living legend in these streets, I'm feeling like the greatest. I was too broke, but now I'm up there thinking that I made it. Back in the day, they hated, even I done been betrayed. It. One in the head was 17, it ain't got no safety. See, I be in and out of situations. Fighting cases, paper chasing, living like the majors. These bitches faking, niggas hating, know they wanna take me. Keep it off safety, open if a nigga try to play me. I love my baby, but I know her mama kinda crazy. These niggas shady, all they camping, it don't even phase me. I'm by my Skrilla, so we'll fuck a nigga till he pay me. 98 baby, my tribe booming like crack in the 80s. My mama raised me, but the streets the thing that really made me. God, can you 
save me But for when these pussy niggas lay me And if they take me, I just want you to protect my baby And show her that a daddy go down as one of the greatest Back to the basic, all this gas and niggas steady facing Far steady racing, all this pain and niggas steady taking I'm trying to shake it, but one day I know that I'ma make it No time wasted, cause ain't got no time to be wasting Gotta have patience, but my conscience got a nigga pasting it's free, all of my niggas locked down in no cages I know they wishing they was in a better situation See, I've been going through some things, all these situations See, I've been in and out of situations See, I've been in and out of situations Can you tell me why these niggas hate I be in and out of situations Free all my niggas bidding locked out in them cages Cause lately I been grinding but I'm out of patience If I don't make it, I'ma take it right back to the basics Living legend in these streets, I'm feeling like the greatest I went to broke but now I'm up, they thinking that I made it Back in the day they hated, even I done been betrayed it One in the head with 17 and it ain't got no safety See, I be in and out of situations Free all my niggas bidding locked down in them cages Cause lately I've been grinding, but I'm out of patience If I don't make it, I'ma take it right back to the basics Living legend in these streets, I'm feeling like the greatest I was just broke, but now I'm up, they thinking that I made it Back in the day, they hated, even I done been betrayed it One in the head was 17, it ain't got no safety yeah.